0: We're talking today to Quentin Henney. He's the CEO of Novo Resources. They're an Australian explorer with three assets, none of them in production yet. They've got a market cap of 600 million Canadian dollars, which is quite extraordinary for a gold explorer. We ask him why the market is giving him such value. We discuss this and some other topics. So please enjoy the podcast. Hello, Quentin. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing well. Looking forward to this interview.
0: I'm looking at the conglomerate gold in the in the Pilbara Novo AGM deck.
1: Yeah. it
0: looks very. There's a lot of rocks in here. A
1: lot of rocks. A lot of, of rocks.
0: Where are you at, You don't get a market cap of six hundred million and and talk about rocks, right? So, rocks is about the future, and you know I'm talking, got lots of sorting going out here, but. I don't actually understand much about the, 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 the company and what you're trying to do with it. Is that something you can help me understand?
1: Yeah. Uh, we are focused on in exploration in, in the Pilbara region, which is northwest Australia. So yeah. we're about 1,500 kilometers north of Perth. And the Pilbara region is kind of a unique part of Earth's crust. It, it was a very, very old, uh, we'll call it seed, like a nucleus for uh, early crust. Uh, you look back at early Earth history. Um, The chemistry of Earth's atmosphere was profoundly different than it is today. Uh, The Earth's atmosphere was largely reduced, which means it didn't have oxygen. It had um, a lot of other gases, you know, that kind of nasty. We wouldn't have survived very long. In fact, probably not long Mm -hmm. at all, (laughs) if you breathe that atmosphere. So, uh, back then, you would have found things like uh, methane. Uh, hydrogen sulphide gas, which is very toxic. Uh, You would have found a few other things. But by and large, uh, those chemicals uh, would have enabled Gold to be fairly soluble in the near-surface environment. So, surface waters on Earth, you know, oceanic waters uh, would have been quite capable of dissolving Gold at that time. Now, why is this important? Well, in terms of gold, uh, Gold, uh, spontaneously precipitates in the presence of oxygen. Right? It, it needs a reduced environment to remain soluble. So gold bonds to things like hydrogen sulfide, the gas I mentioned earlier. Uh, it combines with methane or or you know uh, hydrocarbon uh, compounds. All right, so back in the early Earth time, gold was soluble, but as soon as this oxygen started to come into the system through photosynthesis, the solubility of Gold quickly uh, decreased, especially in the air surface environments. So, what we find is, uh, you know, places where there was basically shallow water. So, this would have been on that proto-continent, you know, Valbera. Uh, Around that is where we get precipitation in a a large quantity of Gold. Uh, The Kapval Craton in South Africa. Uh, it, it served as a platform for sediments that were deposited during this time. And those sediments contain appreciable gold. Uh, in fact, they comprise the Vittsland Basin. The Biitz Basin, which is uh, the single biggest uh, gold field on planet Earth, was deposited around 2.9 billion years ago. And the gold was deposited in sedimentary rocks that formed during this very, very special time. In my view, that uh, deposition of gold was in direct response to this oxygen uh, formation by photosynthesis. So, you know, I, I looked around the planet. This is about 20 years ago. I started thinking about where else one might find, you know, this, these types of rocks. And, you know, where, where can you go find another bit of hydrogen, right? And, uh, unfortunately, we're very limited with how much crust we have to work with. There wasn't much around back then, and today those little pieces are scattered to the wind. You know, and they're all over the planet. But the biggest one is this Pilbara Craton in Australia, and that's why I set up shop there. I actually uh, did a lot of the, the background work around this project. Uh, you know, it was a very conceptual uh, approach, but we did this work, or I did this work, in the say twenty years ago. And then that led up to acquisition of land and really getting boots on the ground and started exploring about ten years ago through nowhere
0: that's fascinating i mean so you you've been through a pro look, you've just told a very technical geologically technical story about your thesis of why you've selected the Pilbara. Region and you've been you've been at it for for, for twenty years, and, and with a market cap of six hundred million, it suggests to me a lot of people have been listening to that story. What have you yes. actually? What have you actually got today? What, what does it look like? You described yourself as an exploration company um, earlier.
1: Yeah, so got? we've we've made uh, significant discoveries in multiple places across the Pilbara. The area we first started working, we call Beaton's Creek. It's a historic Gold mining centre mm-hmm. near a small town called Malagein. Um, This area is known for conglomeratic Gold. In fact, I, I, amazingly, uh, the Gold discovery at Beaton's Creek was made the very same year Gold was discovered in the Vidraja in South Africa. In fact, a lot of very, very early geologists recognised the similarities between the two yet Beaton's Creek and the Pilbara has remained largely unexplored. Uh, you know, various reasons. It's, it's hot. Um, there was production here, but what happened was in around the late 1800s, around the 1890s, especially, there were numerous discoveries of Gold down in the Eastern Gold Fields, which are further to the South in Australia. And that largely uh, pulled all of these prospectors away. The Pilbara is a very inhospitable place. You know, so it's it's very easy to to pick up stakes and move. Uh, you know, we're talking like forty five degrees on a cool day in in summer. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know. So, so again, just coming back to that question is like, what do you have today? You you obviously got a lot of data. You you've been drilling. You've you've been able to raise money to drill and get a lot of data. The,
1: All right. So, beaten Creek, with Beaton's Creek, we put together a resource. In fact. Uh, Nearly, it's nearly a million ounces, but it's also ready for production. We have fully permitted the deposit and it's uh, now mine ready. Okay. Uh, we're looking at strategies at the moment to put that into production. So, you know, to take something from a very conceptual level to this point where we actually have uh, the potential to produce gold bars yeah. is is remarkable. Um, there's a lot of exploration potential around Beaton's Creek. Mm-hmm. We've drilled up the low hanging fruit, but we think that there's considerable potential left. Okay. Um, over at Karatha, about 3 or 4-years ago, we made a discovery of Gold also in conglomerates that was truly remarkable. We found uh, an area where prospectors, local prospectors actually had been finding Gold with metal detectors uh, coming out of conglomerates. This gold eroded out and we showed that the Gold is actually derived from the conglomerates and is quite extensive. It's a very coarse grain Gold deposit, but it looks quite sizable and we're advancing that similar to how we advanced Beaton's Creek over the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. It takes a little time. It's coarse grain Gold. Trying to figure out the grade and estimate things like that is very challenging. But we as a company have developed a lot of the uh, the protocols and techniques to, to work with coarse grain Gold. know, our third project, Edgina, is uh, located in the Pilbara as well, but it's it's a derivative of the, the conglomerate story. Basically, at Edgina, what we have Is an area where conglomerates have eroded away over recent time, over the past few million years. And that Gold that was trapped in the conglomerates has been redistributed into gravels uh, across a vast uh, Piedmont, uh, basically a flat surface that extends down to the ocean, to the Indian Ocean. So, Mm. uh, in that case, we're actually looking at a gravel horizon that's, you know, a metre or two thick. It covers many, many hundreds of square kilometres. And we're we're doing exploration and also advancing, uh, you know, conceptual work around how we can mine this thing, Uh, much like they mine diamonds off the uh, in the Skeleton Coast off Namibia, Uh, very similar deposit.
0: Okay, so those are the three main assets. We're talking about a vast land package here. I get that. Help me out. You've got a six. I'm going to say it again because it's it's. I'm amazed, it. you've got six hundred. Million market Canadian market cap. You've got a resource of a million ounces. Doesn't sound like a lot. I know Carathas, head, you're heading the same way, and and the, and the third projects, not, not, nowhere near that. So if I was reading just on blank sheet of paper without the explanation you've just given me, it sounds like a lot of small juniors with market caps of twenty million. So what what are people giving you credit for value for yeah, that you haven't which, uh, told me about?
1: Like uh, it's it's this is unusual mineralization. Okay, imagine a layer. All right, you can imagine how big that might be. When you start to see it poke up here and there, it's not hard to connect the dots. So a lot of people recognize that we probably have uh, a considerable upside in terms of size, perhaps orders of magnitude if we're lucky. And people are giving us credit for that. They also recognize that if we, you know, if if we as a company uh, can tackle this, we can find it, you know, find systematic approaches to assess grade and actually evaluate these deposits, you know, they recognise that we're the ones that are going to unlock that value. So, we, we as a company have developed expertise around quantifying Nuggety Gold. We've also currently, our main focus is on working out how we're going to recover the Nuggety Gold from these deposits. Um, we're doing extensive work with mechanical sorting test work. Uh, this is using machines that can actually, you know, take crushed rock. They can identify the gold particles within the crushed rock and sort those mechanically. It's uh, kind of a new generation of mining. But uh, if we crack this, nut, it's going to be a big one. Okay.
0: Ore sorting is very topical at the moment. With, with a couple of people we've interviewed, I'd love to come back to that. But uh, again, I. What you've created is a big problem. You're saying this is a big opportunity of the type that you described to me earlier that big majors are looking for. But as yet, you haven't started, you haven't started mining yet, okay? And that's, well, a, that's a point I want to come back to. but before we do, can you just give me some numbers? So how much cash have you raised over time to Well how long, has, how long have you been doing this?
1: The company is actually a little over ten years old now. I think it was started October uh, two thousand nine. So our tenth birthday was uh, about five months ago.
0: Happy birthday, first of all. <laughs> how much cash? Have, how much cash have you raised in that time? What's What's gone in?
1: Uh, are you talking total or what we have total. At present? Total. 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 Let's think about this. We've We've raised approximately. Eighty-five or ninety million dollars, I believe.
0: Okay, and how much cash have you got today?
1: We have approximately thirty-five million dollars.
0: Nice, that gives you options. So you, you don't.
1: all Canadian dollars, just you know, to make sure. For sure.
0: For sure. For sure. Um, so you don't need to worry about going back to market any time soon. And no. and, you, and and let's the usual cliche question. So your burn rate is what?
1: Uh, the burn rate is approximately seven hundred fifty thousand to a million per month at present. It kind of goes up and down depending on the season. If we're in, you know, full swing, which is uh, the winter months, believe it or not, in Australia, you know, obviously it's cooler. Then we're spending more. If it's summer months like now, we're usually spending less.
0: Right. Okay. And and because I don't have it here to hand, is the shares out at the moment?
1: Uh, shares out is about one hundred and seventy-eight million.
0: Not bad. Um, okay, so th- thanks on those numbers. So let's co- let's come back to um, how does this thing move forward? You guys and I'm going to keep saying because it's a big number. You know, you've got what other people have. is 600 million market cap. You've also got 35 million in cash. According to you, that's three and a half, four years worth of cash, depending on what you decide to do in that time frame. You're not mining yet. So, what what is the, is the plan to not mine it yourself and just kind of build out the picture for a major to oh. come in and take do, do the rest spend the money for you. I mean, what, what's the big idea? No, what's going on, not, on in your I'm head?
1: Not in this case, no. Look, uh, a lot of juniors would readily say that the model is to find a deposit that somebody else can buy. Yeah, in this case, we are the only company that's willing to tackle these nuggety gold systems. Uh, we're the only companies doing innovative work like this mechanical sorting. Our plan is to put these things into production. Beaton's Creek will certainly be the first one. Uh, we are looking at options right now that could take Beaton's Creek into production very, very quickly. So, it's uh, it's not a tall ass that Beaton's Creek go into a mill in the, we'll call it the near term, uh, but that will help us unlock because we will get cash flow from that. We can unlock the other assets we have. You know, Edgina is in a joint venture with Sumitomo, uh, we are treating that as, even though it's an expiration play, we're treating that as uh, a concurrent development play mm-hmm. because of its nature. And in Caratha, which is uh, nuggety like Beaton's Creek, we see being able to unlock that once we get Beaton's Creek into production. At Karatha, we we already know mechanical sorting does a very good job of recovering gold. Uh, it's, it's the kind of operation where if we get Beaton's Creek into production, we can then. Go to Caratha mechanically sort or upgrade it and then bring it to a central processing facility.
0: Okay, so let's, let's do it with one at a time because I'm, I'm, I've got my investor hat on right now. I'm trying to go, right, how do I make money? And everyone at home watching this is going, how do I make money coming in on this thing? Not that you mind because you've got 35 million in cash right now. So, Beaten Creek, Vince Creek, you You've got an F, a BFS on that, presumably. You're, you're mind ready. You're ready to go. How much is it going to take to get that thing into production? It's only a million ounces, but with exploration upside. So paint me a picture about just that one project now.
1: Okay, we're looking at nearby opportunities for acquiring mills. Right? There are mills available in right. this area.
0: How much do you pay for those? Uh, What's a mill cost?
1: We'll find out. <laughs>
0: Okay, because I'm looking. If I look at Beta Hunt, what did they pay? They paid like 50 million bucks for a 10 year old mill, didn't they?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's you know, order of magnitude, that's probably the ballpark you're talking
0: about, right? Right, okay. And but then you've also you're either going to have to burn into your 35 million or you can treat it as a separate project and get it going. So, how, how much money do you intend to spend on Beaton's, Britain's, Beaton's Creek? Yes.
1: As far as uh, you know, buying a mill, uh, I can see doing something like that through equity. Sure. Uh, whether debt financing is required, I'd, I'm doubtful. I think we could pull it off with straight equity. Mm-hmm. Uh, like to preserve our cash. We need the cash to explore because uh, once we get into production, the probably the first thing we need to do is start hitting ex- exploration in all cylinders to ramp things up and get. You know, get uh, more production going through that mill. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that, that just the capital needed to revamp the whole picture in that district is going to be on the order of maybe 25 to 35 million Canadian, somewhere in that neighborhood. Right. Uh, again, to finance that, equity is certainly possible. Debt financing is available. I I was surprised. I was telling you earlier that, you know, there's a lot of interest coming from people now uh, looking to park money in gold. And what I'm finding is uh, the the terms. You know, three years ago, boy, you couldn't get a loan to save yourself in this industry. And you know, usually you had to had to pay with a pound of flesh or you know, right arm or something. At least uh, today, you know, people are actually rocking up and offering very competitive uh, terms with debt financing. I've seen six or seven percent.
0: Okay, so so tell me what they th- what you've got there. What do you know? You've got a million answers. As I say, it's a bare, bare minimum, right? But what what kind of grade are we talking about? And you know,
1: about uh, two and a half grams, two and a half grams, which for an open pit, you know, near surface deposits, you know.
0: And ASIC, how much is your ASIC? Uh,
1: look, we have not published official numbers on on the economics. So okay. I, I gotta G- give me an unofficial gotta, one. I'm okay. Okay, uh, we'll we'll talk in. in we we'll say speculative terms. I think we could produce gold for somewhere between eight hundred and a thousand dollars U.S. per ounce.
0: Okay, so you're below a thousand. Okay, fine. Um, and have you got a sort of sense of? Obviously, you've got a resource at the moment of a million ounce, and but you think that you can develop this this out? You'll just step out, program, yeah, and start uh, spending money on this.
1: We can see quickly growing the resource base at Leeds Creek. Uh, we we know that because when we put the resource together last May, uh, we you know there was a lot left on the table, and it requires a bit more exploration, a bit more uh, drilling in other words, but uh, we know that we can expand that deposit. Now we also have other deposits in the area. This is where I'm. What I'm trying to do is show you that uh, if we get Beaton's Creek, you know, into that situation, then we can unlock a lot of value because we can demonstrate. Doing it at Beaton's Creek, we can do it elsewhere.
0: Beautiful. Okay. And and that's that exploration step out program that's within the 25, 30 million equity raise or potential equity raise that you're talking about.
1: Yeah, the, the money that we, we have, like I said, 35 million in the bank, but yeah. I would like to use most of that for expiration. The 25 to 35 million that's needed for capital would go directly into putting the Beaton's Creek deposit into operation. And that would have to be sourced. Uh, elsewhere,
0: right? Okay, and 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 when you say get into operation, do you include the mill within that total number? that the operation,
1: please. The mill, it? the mill, I see, is potentially acquirable through equity. It's in bankruptcy at the moment, so we're looking at a situation where. Gotcha. With, yeah.
0: okay, okay, understood. Okay, so th- there is a just on that. one, I think it's important for people because you've got a lot going on. You've not only have you got a. Global scale, in terms of, of, of size and the, the the amount of work that you're doing, and you know, I do buy the the thesis, bit, but just to break it down, siloed for people to understand how you're approaching it. So, Bean's Creek, I I, I get it. That's a lot of money, but at your market, you should be able to raise that money. You feel quite confident about the equity component there. Yes. Gold environment, yes. as it is, your market cap, as it is. You think that that's There's
1: the one other important. Uh, the thing that most investors in, in Novo know is that we have an alliance with Sumitomo Corporation to, you know, ability to finance, you know, acquisitions and capitalizing operations. So uh, Sumitomo uh, and Novo signed an MOU in January of 2019. Yeah, uh, have capital available, so you know, significant capital available, what? tens of millions of dollars in theory to fund uh, our our future.
0: Bim, what what type of money is that going to be linked to? Some kind of offtake, or is it as a JV equity they partner? Do,
1: they they do both debt and uh, they 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 like debt. They like minority positions as a, a you know a holder of assets. Uh, sometimes they do offtake, but usually debt or a minority position in in producing assets.
0: And would they want to own the mine? I'm sorry, the the mill, or is that something? to be negotiated? Uh,
1: so I think we will own the mill. If, if we did something like, uh, you know, some arrangement, sumitum, I imagine it would be debt or a minority position in okay. the operating asset.
0: Okay. Fascinating. Okay. Okay. Let's move on because there's a lot to talk about. This is a big project. Okay. So let's talk about um, Karratha. You, you've kind of got coarse grain, you've talked about ore sorting. Or you saying you've got some interesting ore sorting technology? Why is it different from anything else out in in the market at the moment? Does it need to be?
1: So there's been uh, you know a lot of news around ore sorting lately. Uh, Gold is has been slower to catch on than a lot of uh, other you know commodities. You know diamonds. Yeah, they've been using ore sorting for probably two and a half to three decades. Mm. You know. In gold, it's it's different. You know, gold is uh, sometimes it's very hard to correlate gold with certain minerals that can be sorted. You know, most approaches use uh, say properties of the rock like optical properties and color, things like that, hmm. or mineralogy to to sort to upgrade and you know uh, produce concentrate. In our case, why our approach is much different is because we're actually looking at the gold itself. Because we're dealing with coarse grain gold. When I say coarse grain, you know, it's millimetres at it, Edgina, you know, it's, you know, millimetres at Beaton's Creek, it's say a millimetre or, or sometimes more, but uh, often, you know, just a millimetre in size. It's It doesn't sound coarse, but in Gold World, that's coarse, all right. And machines and the, the processing technology of computers has gotten to a point where, uh, you know, a, a conveyor moving 3 meters per second, uh, you know, a sensor, a shines x-rays up through that conveyor belt. Uh, you know, you can see a little tiny speck of gold, little tiny particle, say less than one millimeter in size. You can identify its location and then when it reaches the end of that conveyor belt, flicks it off using compressed air into a concentrate. And that's just absolutely remarkable. You can take, you know, depending on the, the nature of the, the system, if it's really coarse, you can produce a very low mass concentrate. If it's you know kind of moderately coarse, like at Beaten Creek, where it's you know millimeter scale stuff, uh, you can upgrade. Say, you can knock out half of your uh, half your rock mass through waste. You know, or sorry, you can remove half of your rock mass as waste or very low grade material, or even more. You know, you might be able to upgrade it. Uh, you know, one to three or something like that. So, wow. it's uh, phenomenal. Okay. You know, that all of a sudden you're taking it costs like 25 bucks a ton to process a ton of rock. Right? If you can upgrade, let's say you have 100 tons, right? You're going to take that 100 tons and let's say you knock it down to 30 tons. Well, if it costs you 5 bucks a ton to eliminate those 70 tons, that's peanuts, right? That's $350. But what you save is yeah. you save processing, fully processing those 70 tons, which would have been $25 per ton. Okay, that's a huge savings. You're saving twenty bucks a ton, so you're saving fourteen hundred bucks a ton, and you know that translates into the market. And, and that's,
0: that's that's huge. I mean, those are some of the biggest numbers we've heard when we've talked about ore sorting. You know, we've talked people who have been quoting you know twenty percent. Is, is there anything proprietary to the type of ore that you're looking at compared to you know conventional ore, say else, elsewhere? we fifty percent. I mean, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal.
1: Seventy percent. Phenomenal. It's proprietary. I wish we, I could say we could patent. Well, do you know,
0: no, 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 but is, what's so special about, what's so different about yours that you're getting 50-70% well, savings? All, it's amazing.
1: It is, the, it is the nature of the deposits we're looking at. The Coarse Gold is the attribute. While it's an absolute bear to try to, you know, quantify grade in a Coarse Gold system, the flip side is when it comes to processing it, it's wonderful. You know, these sorters, identify these Gold particles, upgrade our rock or Gold uh, considerably.
0: Okay. So you, you're looking at that. What, what else are you doing with regards to that? Because this is the number two on the list. If you're saying, you know, Beaton's Creek is number one thing you're looking at. This is the second most important, second most advanced for you. You're already looking at all sorts. So tell us a little bit about where you're at at the moment. What do you, what do you know? Have, are there any feasibility studies on this? What do you know?
1: Uh, so, no, you're not going to, you know, that's where I say, I'm. A, we're a different company, okay? We are cutting edge, you know, you can't do a feasibility on some of the stuff we're doing because every day we're at work, we're, we're out testing new uh, techniques, either processing or mining. So, at Edgina, which I would say is number two on the, you know, the second cab on the rank, if you will, mm. um, we have a very coarse gold system. Uh, the gravels are loose, so we don't need to break up the gravel. It does not require crushing and so forth. You simply mine it, screen it, you put the material through sorting sorters and you can upgrade it. We've demonstrated that quite well at this point. Uh, see phenomenal recoveries, well over 90% recoveries into a very small mess. All right? Now, what that means is Edgenau, uh, which you know, is low grade. I mean, the vast majority of the, the system looks like it's running maybe 0.3 gram. You know, per cubic meter. You know, normally, people would say no way, but with this, absolutely, in fact, it should do quite well. You know, if all things work in our favour, and all the tests prove up as part of the sorting tests, I'm I'm confident about now, but mm-hmm. the, the mining, we're going to test mining, we're going to use continuous miners, look at how those perform in the field. You now things like that, if all of these things come together, and work in our favour, uh, we could be producing Gold at a very low cost. So, Edrin is definitely the, the next most important for us at the moment. But at caratha this is where Beaton's Creek, what happens with Beaton's Creek becomes critical. If we get Beaton's Creek into production, if we, in other words, if we have uh, an operational uh, mill available, we can then take material from caratha upgrade it at caratha and then ship it to Beaton's Creek. Okay. So what right now is probably a difficult deposit to, to capitalise or to justify capitalising. Uh, all of a sudden we can unlock a huge value there. So,
0: But, but you say haven't say actually told me, so what do you know about what's there? You've told me about we've tested the process of the example,
1: We've got two horizons that we've drilled. Uh, we've got about about, I think 3.6 kilometers of strike drilled on those. Uh, at this point, mm-hmm. we can see very good continuity of the conglomerate horizons. Um, we we've done enough bulk sampling. We can see the grades and the rank, kind of the range of grades that we might expect. You know, they're probably in the neighborhood of one to six grams in that range. Uh, you know, the challenge is how do you put a resource to that? You cannot put a resource to that with high confidence uh, based on the the nuggety nature of the gold. It's just too challenging. But geologically, we can see the volume of rock. We've, we've basically, uh, and we produced reports to this effect, not resource statements, but reports, mineralization reports that outline the work that was done, the, the volumetric approach we used to the rock, you know, defining the rock bodies that have the Gold and the bulk sampling we used to uh, just indicate the range of Gold grades we might expect in those. So we know it's there. We know it can be likely to be mined fairly cheaply. We know through sorting test work that it can be upgraded. Hmm. And because of that, we feel confident we can unlock a lot of value once we get into production if it's great. So I'm mean,
0: really interested, but I'm also struggling to understand it. And I've seen companies like Great Bear, for instance, they've said, forget resource. We're not doing that. We're drilling, we're drilling, we're drilling, we're giving data, and then they go and talk yeah. to the market and explain to them. It sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, please, is you're not capable of delivering a report on, on this, Karatha, in the conventional sense. There's no 43101, there's no resource Problem report, there's no feasibility. Yeah. But you've, you're talking to a finance audience who only understand those things. How have you built up a 600 million market cap company? Yeah without giving that audience who need these conventional documents to be able to make a decision or at least compare you against your peers. Because at the moment you're saying, trust me, we know what we've got and I'm going to tell you what we've got. And they're having to go, okay, I trust this guy. <laughs> it must be, must be true. I've got, I've got no nothing in writing which really tells me or gives me anything that I'm comfortable and, and I understand. I'm taking a new report or yep. new reporting started from this guy who I've not worked with before. And I've said, yes, here's your money.
1: Yeah. We okay, trust you. How, well, how did it so happen? Talk me through it. So, what have, what have we done? First of all, uh, a lot of what is involved in expiration revolves around risk. Given the fact we have considerable money, people see. Uh, they're being lower risk because they know we have the runway, you know, the ability to advance. these. So that takes a lot of uh, risk, you know, like Jeopardy out of the co- equation. They also see we have good partners, Kirkland Lake, Newmont, Sumitomo. So they know we have uh, smart people who've seen these projects and they know what they're about, what we're doing in the field.
0: When did they come they in? And when and why I
1: did they come in? In September of 2013, and that oh. was on the back of Beaton's Creek. Yeah. Uh I worked at Newmont, you know, so when when I managed to put all the land together uh, subsequent to leaving Newmont, that's when they took their their initial investment. Okay. Uh Kirkland Lake came in in let me see September of 2017. That was on the back of the Carartha discovery. Hmm. Uh Sumatomo, we signed an MOU like I said in January of 2019, so last year. Okay. And we formed a joint venture soon after at Edgina so we've been mm-hmm. working directly with them. Okay. So, you know, it's not a matter of just taking my word. Now, team. Okay. I've got a very good team in Australia. Uh, Rob of our CEO, is uh, a mining engineer. Uh, he's one of the more creative people I know, and that's why I hired him. I could see this guy could uh, take on these very challenging deposits. And he's not the kind of guy that gets bashful about things. He's, he's bold. You know, He's willing to take big steps. Uh, Rob then built his own team to to support him in Australia. When Novo grew from a little company to a big company, I knew we had to have the right people in place. And I told Rob to build the team he needs. So we've got in-house, we've got everybody from environmental permitters to to engineers, to metallurgists, as well as the geologists, we need to explore these things. Uh, We also contract people, independents who help us with our reporting. Uh, We've got, for instance, uh, Simon Dominey, who's one of the world's course Gold experts, uh, writing our resource reports, you know. So people, you know, like you were saying earlier, people who are smart and want to, you know, the bankers who want to know where the money might go, well, they look at Simon Dominey's name and they see that uh, this guy's smart. Ian Glackin is another one. Ian Ian is Australian. He's uh, out of West Perth again, a course Gold expert, a resource expert as well. So, we have, we're not lightweight, we've built, uh, we've got a strong group of investors who are smart. We've got um, a lot of very smart people working on this property, or these properties, these projects, and they recognise you know, the challenges, but they also recognise the upside. How, okay. do, how do we convince you know, people to invest in our shells? Well, I'll tell you what, I think the the thesis or the logic most people have is that uh, they don't want to miss out on something like this. Okay, if we if and when we unlock all of this potential, I think uh, people see that there there will be plenty of upside beyond where we're at.
0: I, I hear you. So just ask me a couple of questions, if you may. So when was the bulk of this eighty-five to ninety-five million raised? When was the last time you raised money?
1: Yeah, the, the bulk of that was raised in twenty seventeen, September twenty seventeen. Kirkland Lake put in uh, 56 million through uh, a private placement early in that month. Um, Beyond that, the the bigger elements of our raise. Let me think. I think the next would have been when uh, Newmont came in in 2013. Uh, In in doing so, a lot of warrants were exercised, and those brought in a lot of cash. You know, during what was a very dark period in the gold mining world. So we were very fortunate; we were well cashed up. Between say twenty thirteen and twenty seventeen when the lights were out in, in gold money.
0: Yeah, yeah, for, for, for sure. So and there's been no money raised since so it's not okay. So no one's had to follow the money and you've been
1: Well, hold on. The, no, sorry. Uh the next biggest raise would have been in twenty in March of twenty seventeen. Right. Uh, this was before Caratha, but we raised fifteen million at that time. Okay. Fifteen million Canadians. All right, but the uh, so that would have been our third largest. Uh, we'll call it raise or you know inflow of money. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was it was uh, attached with a warrant. I think it was a full warrant and ninety cents. So technically, I guess you know the exercise of those warrants is what brought in. Uh, and why did fair you do
0: money? that? Well, why did you do that? what well, I, why did you raise at another the fifteen time, million? At
1: the time, we, uh, you know, twenty. Wind back the clock. Think twenty seventeen. You know, there was a little uptick in twenty sixteen. Everybody is feeling good about life. Uh, there's an expression, uh, you know, when the cookie jar is open, you take a cookie.
0: Yeah, I'm. I, I'm a big buyer, a big buyer of that. Um, but you've got thirty five million bucks now. And is that thirty five million is actual cash sitting in your bank, or is that a facility from your strategic uh, partners?
1: It's a, It was put in by you know. I would call it exercise warrant of uh, warrants, and then Kirkland Lake. That's where we got our most recent money. So
0: okay. Okay. Fascinating. So, you, okay. Well, that answers that answers the question in terms, of, in terms of what are people buying into. But um, you're going to have to start delivering soon, aren't you? I mean, you, I know you've got cash, but you, if you if you try and develop Eaton's Creek like you say, you're going to you're going to need to go and get some more equity. You're going to have to start delivering and delivering on getting. Into economic production, there, or else does this a you know, house of cars that falls over if you can't do that?
1: No, I that's why we brought in say Sumitomo as a partner. Um, I think we will be able to access the capital we need to mm. get Beating Creek into production. I don't mm. feel too, I don't lose any sleep at night. Um, it's more about the, the technical work and getting everything ready than anything.
0: No, I agree. I think that was my point. I don't think you're going to have an issue with the money. Too many people are into this thing and they need it to work. But you've know, got full confidence in your ability to technically deliver production economically for these guys to see that this isn't just a great story, but it's absolutely deliverable.
1: That's exactly what we're doing. We're focused like a laser on getting production this year.
0: Right, so that's the ti- That's the your timing. But give me a clue. Your timing. Your conversations with Simon Timer are happening now. You're looking at a mill which is n- not mothballed. Is it? Is it Was stated. So, uh, care and maintenance.
1: It's not, care and maintenance. It's
0: it's not not okay. Okay. Care and maintenance. You reckon you could get all things being equal, you're going to look at getting this into production this year, or is it 2021 story?
1: That's our goal. That's our goal. Yes, we are, okay. I think we're doing this just right. The gold space is turning up. Uh, I think this is a, an exceptional opportunity. We can get done this year.
0: Right. Okay. And that will generate the cash to, you know, develop your other two projects on. And those, th- which ones are you most excited about? So who's your favorite child?
1: Well, like I said, Edgina is definitely the second, uh, cabin on this in the rank. But
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: like I said, if we get Beaton's Creek into production, then Caratha suddenly bumps up. You know, because that unlocks the value of And where,
0: where, where do you think people, investors, your current investors are assigning the value to?
1: Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I think they see it holistically. I think they do see, you know, I try to communicate this very story that I'm telling you. Mm. Uh, through many, many interviews I do with uh, you know, com- uh, groups here in, in the US and mm. Canada. Right, so I interview routinely and I trying to get this story across to everyone on a routine basis. So, I think most people understand uh, the nuances where how we're operating, where we're headed. Mm. And I think that they see the, the greater potential. I don't think they're necessarily ascribing you know, X million to this project and X million to that. And it, it's not quite like that.
0: Well, I wonder if it is or not. You know, if I'm putting, you know, if I'm thinking my analyst days, I'm looking at this and trying to put a dollar number against each of these assets, and I can put a today dollar down against each of these. But looking forward five years, again, all things being equal, and you technically can deliver economic. uh, Projects, you know, which one's going to be of major significance, you know, on a global stage? Because at the end of the day, let's let's face it, you've got some nice partners in there, but you're probably going to want Kirkland to come in there and take you out, aren't you?
1: Uh, and look, I'm, I'm not going to say that's our that's the motive operation here. I told you why we're we're doing this. We want to build a gold mine. We want to we want production out of this. Okay, uh, if Kirkland came in, uh. We'd have to have a, a few beers and try to hash it out, but well, in the meantime, we're uh, we are dead set on getting this thing into production.
0: Okay, okay. Well, um, Quentin, thank, thanks very much for running through that story. It's it, you know, it's it's a big story and not one I, I think I fully understood, um, but you've explained it well. Um, I'm really excited to sort of see some of these catalysts coming through in the short term. And I hope those conversations with Sumitomo go well and you get some nice cheap money and a great partner um, uh, to actually follow through with that. So stay in touch. Let us know how you get on. Um, okay. And we we, we we will follow you with great interest, I think the phrase is.
1: Okay. You just watch.
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to cruxcast